0: This is Fireground Action Photography, episode 22 for the week of January 4th, 2009. This week we meet New England-based photographer Joe Brown and we'll review some of our New Year's photo resolutions. and welcome to fireground action photography the netcast produced by and for photographers specializing in emergency services action photography i am craig derling and i am your host joining me once again in base camp is legendary legend in his own mind type legendary southern california fire photographer ross a benson welcome back ross happy new year to you
1: hi there how are you what's new in this new year 2009 did you say no. a
0: I did what? say A. Don't I always say A? You do. And, so, and, you know, and now they know what the A means well, if they someday, listen to the last show. Someday I'll tell you a story about the A, but that could be
1: a whole show in itself.
0: <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll so, save it so for say another. that for next December well, 31st? Hey,
1: well, <laughs> that or could be a different podcast, you know? You never know.
0: Like, oh, cause we could sprout a whole new show
1: <laughs> just based on the A? Hey, watch it. You say C and he says N, I say A. What's it all spell?
0: Um... <laughs> cat Cam? happy new year's Craig! oh happy new year um yeah we are starting 2009 the last show we covered what uh we, we covered in the first 20 episodes of fireground action photography and we're looking forward to a whole near, new year of shows hopefully we'll last the whole year we'll have enough energy and interest to keep on plugging along you mean i have to see you every week yeah pretty much yeah if, yeah if <laughs> like you want to stay already. in everybody's good graces because they come for you they don't listen for me <laughs> They come from Ross A. Benson, don't they?
1: That <laughs> legendary. I don't know. I, legendary. I just love sharing my experiences, and like you do,
0: you know. And I'm, it gets to the point. It's gotten to the point now where I'm. I look forward more forward to hearing from the listeners and what they have to say um, than talking about it myself. So that's that's fantastic. Well, a little later on in the show today, we're going to talk about our New Year's resolutions, but not just our regular. New Year's resolutions. They're going to be our photography-related New Year's resolutions. You mean you've seen that picture of me in that vest
1: weighing what I weigh? So I take it that was my number one resolution was fit into that vest, which wasn't mine, by the way. And it was a size small that uh-huh. I tried on. Okay.
0: All right. Well, check the show notes page, uh, everybody on the website. com, for that picture that Ross is talking about. Next
1: year, I hope to fit in a vest. You'll see.
0: We're going to grow into the vest. <laughs> Is what you're saying, right?
1: <laughs> hey, I'm walking. We're yeah. in the third good. day of this year. You and Buddy, you're done. We have. We've walked every night now.
0: Excellent. Out here, clear weather. He loves it. It's good I know for Southern me. California, I tell people back east that it's like living in a mall. <laughs> it's always the same. Except for the fires and stuff.
1: Just driving up here, young lady, run jogging, wearing a bikini top. careful. Yeah, I know. Careful. And I looked and I said, wait a minute,
0: we're January. People back east
1: are freezing.
0: I was emailing my friends back east uh, last week saying, you know, they had like 13 degree weather on New Year's. I'm saying it's 78 degrees and sunny today. I don't know what you're complaining about. Now they all hate me. Nobody will talk to me anymore but that's what we're going to talk about uh in a couple minutes. Now, we're getting a lot of emails from listeners, which we love to get, of course, all the time. Send us emails, we'll read as many of them as we can on the show and and your email might even get you on the show yourself. But a lot of um you know, we poll a lot of the the listeners through the forum and all that and see what they want out of the show. And a lot of them are saying they'd love to meet new photographers, other photographers from other parts of the country on the show. So I think what we're going to start is maybe a a monthly Introduction to a new photographer. Every month on the show, we'll we'll meet a new photographer out there. And I think that'll be great because we'll get different opinions, different experiences and stories and, and grow that family of ours. I think you and I were even surprised in the beginning when we started receiving those
1: emails on a regular basis. People, yep. there are guys and gals out there that shoot fire ground action or fire photography, emergency service photography everywhere.
0: Yep. And they are now everywhere. there's a forum for us. There is. We have all kinds of places. If you go to the uh, firegroundaction.com, the website, click on the the show link there, and you'll find all kinds of places to talk to each other. We have a forum, we have a, a Flickr group, we have a blog, we have all kinds of places. We'll give you a little more detail on that at the end of the show. Um, but it's a great way for everybody to communicate. But, as I said, what we're going to try and do is introduce you to a new photographer every month. And that's going to start right now, Ross. Do we have one? Wait. We, I'm we, in the
1: studio. Wait.
0: We have one on the line via Skype from the East Coast. We have Joe Brown. Joe, are you with us back there? Hello, guys. How are you? Oh, excellent. Thanks for being here, Joe. I hear it's kind of cold back there uh, based on what I just said about it being 77 and, and sunny. How is it back in Boston?
2: Well, you've got us by 40 degrees, and it's only 37 degrees out here today, and uh, the wind is howling uh, moderately, I would say, so uh, as something you people wouldn't know about out there called wind chill factor is in the teens. Or as David Letterman would say, the windshield factor. The windshield factor, exactly.
0: Now, you are also uh, among the group of old friends, uh, Ted Pendergast and Rick Knoll, that are back in the Boston area. uh, Indeed. Yeah, we we actually, uh, when I was back home for Christmas... A couple weeks ago, a bunch of us got together and had dinner at Kitty's Restaurant in Reading, and Joe was among that group. Hadn't seen you in a long time, Joe, so it was great seeing you at Christmas. Indeed it was.
2: We had an enjoyable
0: dinner. We got to talk a lot about uh, this show and uh, other things, which was nice. Yeah, excellent. So. And we, we talked about you being on the show today. So today we're going to meet Joe Brown and introduce you to everybody out there in the uh, the netcast world. Um, Joe, you you are in, in based in the metro Boston area, right? And you've been a photographer for how long?
2: Uh, I'm based in Woburn, Massachusetts, which is, uh, in case anybody wants to know where that is, it's right next to Lexington, the birthplace of the country, and um, freelance now for, uh, this is my 22nd year uh, working for newspapers and other media outlets, but I've been obviously taking photos since, I don't know, sixth grade, roughly, (laughs) so it's been a long time
0: (laughs) Excellent. Now, now you work for newspapers. You said you freelance for newspapers. What, how did you yes. get started in photography? You said you've been shooting a long time. What was the first stuff you started shooting?
2: Um, actually, I, I don't know if we can talk about it here, but it's um, sunsets and calendar type stuff. We
0: can. T- this we t- we're all photographers. We can talk about okay. anything we want. Yeah,
1: now. we've all started shooting. I did polo. I've done hot air balloons. Joe, you've done sunsets and. Uh, I know sometimes I, I get try to go to Hawaii to shoot sunsets because out here in Southern California you have smog and everything else. So well, if you, you have a big
0: shoot. enough lens, you can shoot a Hawaiian sunset from Southern California.
1: <laughs> really?
0: But uh, no, I, I guess actually, I should say
2: sunrises then because um, I spent oh, okay. a lot of time down on Cape Cod, oh, where, you know one of the places where the sun first hits America, as they say. Beautiful. And um, uh, but did a lot of that for a couple of years, and then in a weird kind of way, I got a job at a camera store in uh, Melrose, Massachusetts. Hunt Drug. A lot of people will know that. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And uh,
2: I worked there for a few years. And while I was working there, a freelance opportunity in my own hometown made itself available. And I basically jumped ship from Hunt's as a camera salesperson to a full-time photographer.
0: I was and, born at the uh, Make- Melrose Wakefield Hospital.
2: So right up the street from Hunt Drug. Yeah. and uh, um, yeah, That so was my
0: the first place we went after I was born to buy some stuff.
2: To buy some. Exactly.
1: You need <laughs> new straps and, uh, yeah. So. Um, we won't that, ask what they were buying. That's, yeah, really. I used to huh? buy
0: camera gear there. I used to buy, uh Video equipment,
1: but at that time it was also a drug store.
0: Yeah, it was everything, so, yeah. wasn't it?
1: I could buy stuff. Yes, I remember and the, the
0: reason video reason camera was, was in the far back corner there.
1: Now, yes, you, indeed, twenty years ago or so, when you worked there, they, did they have those dip and dump dump tanks, or did you process your own, or did you send it out to a lab somewhere?
2: By the time I was working there, it was all sent out. Oh, okay. We didn't do any processing there. Uh, however, I was doing my own processing at home, so I didn't need to do. I had a, a full dark room here. Ah. And uh, I was doing all my own because, again, we weren't in the era of color newspapers back then. Everything was black and white and prints. There was uh, no electronic it, transmission. There was no anything like that. It's funny, so. Joe.
1: Many years ago, I worked at uh, out here. It was called Savon. Now they're called CVS. And I was a manager of a photo department out here. So uh, I, I've been in those shoes. I know exactly when people come in and their pictures don't come out and, and they ask you why. And you tell them you have to take the lens cap off and uh, you have to put film in the camera. <laughs> Back in those days, I remember it well.
2: Indeed, I did some part time work during high school for an Osco drug, and we had the same thing. We had the one hour machine, and then they'd send stuff out to Kodak, and people would come in and say, well, You know, what do you mean my film got ruined? Or what do you mean they didn't come out? <laughs> and uh, funny, one of my first published photos was for the newsletter for Osco drug. It was based in Chicago, and it went coast to coast, and it was an 11 by 14. It was an oversized publication. Wow. But they had a big black, I had like an 80% of the cover was the first photo I ever had published was some woman from the Woburn store, and she had done something or she had retired. I can't remember exactly what it was, but that was the first photo I had ever had published. And I got a little extra of my paycheck that week, as they say.
0: Do you remember how much? I'm curious. 20 bucks, maybe. Nice. Well, that's what magazines are paying now for cover shots. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all come full circle. What's your camera of choice, Joe?
2: Today? Yeah, uh, I'm a Nikon, totally Nikon. Everything is Nikon. I'm going to keep saying Nikon. because Yeah, you never let me good. forget it. I know that. Um, currently, I'm using a D300 and looking to uh, get a, a D90 for the video capabilities. And um, I like my Nikon stuff, but that's for another show altogether, I
1: believe. <laughs> nah. Talk no. about it. You can use the N-word here. The Nikon word is fine. Craig and okay. I just uh, – I used to be a Nikon guy many years ago. Went through the whole line, F3s, F2s, FM, FM, e, FEs, had that whole line. And then uh, when my eyes started, you know, you get you hit 40 or whatever, your eyes kind of start and to – And you got here. the Nikon
0: tunnel in both hands. Well,
1: that's it. Um, yeah, I got carpal tunnel in both hands from Karen and F3. Two F F3s around one a titanium body. So uh, Nikon is a good. Uh, you know, you keep the word short. You can say Nikon. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: Now I you're looking. Enjoyed- you said you were looking at the at the uh, the D ninety for the video. How much have you heard about the video capabilities of the the D ninety?
2: Well, I've been reading heavily on it as compared to what is it the five D Mark um, two whatever
0: Mark two yeah
2: that does the you know um, the the, the uh, photographer in New York City that just came out with that movie Reverie. Was fascinating. Um, Vincent LaFerre. Right. And um, so I've been kind of looking through and seeing what the video capabilities are. So I'm not well studied on it yet, but we're getting there.
0: Okay. Because I know the 5D Mark II, there were early complaints that um, there was no autofocus and, and you couldn't change the aperture. Well, what's been found during actual real-life use now is that there is autofocus. But it relies on the contrast autofocus, so it's a lot slower to respond slower, than yeah. the than the standard autofocus. And you can set your aperture before you start recording; you just can't believe, change it during recording.
2: Right. I believe the D90 is the same. Oh, okay. But again, I haven't done all of the research on it as of yet. We're just we're right. just getting
1: there. Now I'm thinking with these new the uh, Canon 5D Mark II and the uh, Nikon, um, these are first round cameras doing video. Oh, this is
0: brand new technology exactly sure. i think Absolutely. if
1: if for like myself I, i'd rather wait and i you know wait till one or two of these cameras come out because you know it's going to be right like computers once you buy one the next day they're going to find something new about it and put it in their new edition or their new camera Yeah. No, there's a company
2: out there called Red. I don't know. That's a California based company. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but I'm reading some wonderful things where they're merging their uh, BQ quality, which is broadcast quality video with a still camera. And at the end of this year, there could be some very fascinating stuff coming out from this company so i 'm kind of yeah. in a holding pattern just to see if you know, more more information gets leaked out but i've been hearing wonderful things about
0: red right and that and those are made by a small company uh because I guess at the time a lot of the larger manufacturers were afraid to to go into the this arena that they 've gone into now the initial red cameras I understand were in the tens of thousands of dollars but right. um, and uh, but they've come out with some other models now that are considerably less so i'm real curious as you are. To, uh, to see where they go with that. Now, I know listeners out there are going to be asking what kind of lenses you use. What are your standard on-camera lenses, the ones that you go to the fire scene with?
2: Well, I am think I'm pretty much like everybody else, and that is I love my 24 to 70. That's my standard every day, um, basically what sits on the camera day in and day out uh, when I'm in the cab running around. Uh, doing fire photos, doing uh, some sports, doing uh, my regular newspaper work. So that's a, that's the workhorse lens, and I use both Nikon and Sigma on those because, dare I say, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I'm very busy, and the lenses get a lot of use.
0: Okay, so, well, let's, uh, let's go into that more. You are very busy, and, and when we saw each other over Christmas... Uh, You're telling me some of the the clients you work for. What what do you do? we know you do the, the fire photography, and we'll get a little more into that. But as far as the rest of your business, because you do this full time, your your yes. livelihood is as a photographer, and that is getting rarer and rarer. I think um, as more photographers or uh, even freelance ones have their full time job, and then they do photography. As a hobby or uh, on the side on a freelance basis, but you managed to to continue to do it full time which i for which I congratulate you and uh what but what other uh what other companies or or kind of clients do you tend to work for
2: oh that's a <laughs> that, and that could almost be a show in itself also um, but some of my you, you need clients, your own show I know really huh trust me, I thought about it oh no that's another um. <laughs> I work for well let me let me start with the newspaper. I work for the Woburn Daily Times newspaper and we are the last one of the last there's only a couple of other ones but one of the last family owned newspapers in Eastern Massachusetts. The newspaper I work for is a small one around 25,000 circulation. It's only Monday through Friday. We don't publish as they say no nights no weekends. And um it's owned by seven brothers and cousins. And they all live locally. We all grew up together. I've known them for years, even before I worked for them. I uh, knew their kids. I played hockey and other sports with them, went to school with them, went to religion class with them. I mean, that's how I've known these people. So um, that is uh, something I've been, as I, I like to joke with people, that I've been their chief photographer by virtue of being almost their only photographer. We have a couple of other photographers who do work nights and weekends and covering the radio, the scanner, and what have you. Um, But pretty much Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., I'm the go-to guy for the newspaper. They call me for the sports assignments and the advertising and the employee of the month, and obviously I do listen to the scanner. And we, uh, it's one of the best parts of the job, actually, I think, is doing the spot news, as we call it. Right. So uh, I work for them. I also work for the uh, uh, biotech uh, consortium out here. It's the uh, Mass Biotech. And uh, I've been working for them for now for 13 years. So I do a little bit of uh, uh, photography for, say, their annual reports. Or I can go to do their um, golf tournaments for fundraising. I might be in a lab taking pictures of a scientist doing an experiment, DNA or what have you. So that that's pretty far-ranging also because, again, as in California, here in Massachusetts, the uh, biotech is a big business, and it's one of the businesses that's growing. So I've been working with them now for a long time.
0: So you're pretty diversified in, in the clientele and the kinds of photography you, you do, which is yes. you probably, it's probably a must these days to be able to survive full-time as a photographer.
2: Absolutely. I uh, also work for the, the Boston Herald and the Associated Press. And that's mostly spot news type things. So those are, if I catch something, uh, my most recent thing for the uh, Boston Herald is we had a train wreck here in Woburn that um, killed two train employees and uh injured a bunch of passengers and that was my last front page photo for the boston herald but that also went out on the associated press not on the wire as we say so um yeah there's and i've got a bunch of other cl- um, clients also uh, so it's it's you know again not trying to pat myself on the back but it's it, i am busy and i try to be busy you know i'm married and got kids and have a mortgage to pay like everybody else mm-hmm. in this world so it's uh you know,
0: you got to do it. <laughs> no, don't worry about patting yourself on the back. That's a, I applaud anybody that can uh, make a comfortable living doing what you're doing now, and, and it's definitely a credit to you and your and your talents. And we should mention that next week you're also going to join us. Next week, we're going to be talking about marketing your photography, how to get it published, uh, and where to go to get your your images published. Maybe make a couple dollars from your photography. And uh, based on your experience and and how much work you do, uh, you're going to be joining us next week for that discussion too, right? Absolutely. absolutely absolutely though that's
2: getting hotter and hotter for the for your everyday person, but we'll talk about
1: that
0: That's something to talk about for sure. yeah, we definitely look forward to that. Um, did you have anything any
1: no I'm, <clears throat> yeah, shooting out here i I know for shooting a small paper uh, you really you get to know everybody in your town and and you like you say, you probably know uh, the city politics and all the politicians and everything else, and you know the city like the back of your hand.
2: Yes, absolutely. I live in the town that I cover. Our number one town is Woburn and I live in this town and I do, you know, everybody, you know, the fire chief, the police chief, um, other, I will say this other photographers sometimes get upset because I have access that a lot of people don't.
1: And- <clears throat> <laughs> that, yeah, we're out here in Burbank, you know, a small town of a hundred thousand and it's the same thing. Uh, I get to go places where a lot of, People don't get to go and other photographers – and that has caused problems for me in the past because other photographers for uh, like the daily news out here said, why is he allowed to go there and I'm not? Yeah, that's a
0: normal – And that speaks a lot toward what we talk about a lot on the show is the the respect to the relationships you build out there with different cities, different agencies – um, the credibility you build and and your reputation that that goes a long way and yeah. and, and that's worth working on for sure. Well, the, the plane it,
1: crash, you know, like we had out here, uh, you know, every at Burbank every, Airport, yeah, Burbank Airport, a uh, Southwest came off the end of the runway, and you know, calls like that, you see a million photographers, and and I'm kind of exaggerating there. We probably saw in excess of a hundred different photographers from different uh, places, and you hear a call like that, and then I'm walking around inside the police line tape. And they're all saying, well, why? What's going on? You know, this, that, and all. And uh, that's what happens when you're a local photographer. Yeah, and
0: I, I have a funny story from that crash, too. But I'll save that for another show.
1: (laughs) So, so Ross, you see, you're
2: very similar to myself, whereas you're probably going to be the first person on the scene, whereas some of these other photographers are coming from 10 or 12 or 15 miles away. In in my case, we're 12 miles from Boston. So 90 percent of the time, if one of the TV stations is going to come here and we have five news outlets for TV stations and um, but it's going to take them a while to get here. So I'm going to be inside that tape because I've already been there for however long it's been.
1: Way you know, before the they put in. that tape up. And way before, exactly. Yeah, Way exactly. before they put that tape yeah. up. So, I know exactly what you're um, saying.
0: See, Ross is you normally know. first into incidents in Burbank. I'm second in, and I didn't even have to hear the call. I just have to find Ross's car and then follow the trail of batteries and <laughs> compact flash cards to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a reputation out here. <laughs> it used to be rolls of film and batteries now. Yep.
1: yep. <laughs> that's no, so he can find his way back to his car.
0: God. Exactly.
2: You have to leave a trail back to the
1: car. But you're right. You know, we're usually there before they even come up with a perimeter. And then, you know, lately, over the last several years, I'm on the inside. Many years ago, I shot a plane crash, uh, not the Southwest. Many years ago, a plane took off about 6 a.m. and I was photographing it. And I'd been there a good hour or so. And the competition newspaper showed up and said, wait a minute, why is he inside this tape? And they said, well, he was here long before we even put up the tape. And the other photographer said, well, you know, it totally make it fair. You know, and I usually say the fair's out in the country. Um, to make it fair, he should start shooting from behind the lines so we all have the same pictures. And back then, and we're talking 25 years ago, the sergeant at the scene, the lieutenant actually, asked for my film and, and had me shoot a new roll of film. Um, really yeah and back then i didn't know anything mm. about rights and photographers rights and you know photojournalism and so forth and and i gave him uh the film out of my pocket even though i knew it was a blank roll of film that i handed him but exactly. uh, you know now i would never do that I, it's it's too bad
0: <laughs> that's that's why those eight meg uh cards that come with the cameras now you always keep those yeah give him the eight meg card you'll never use that exactly
2: in my case, just to just to add on to that, I, uh, I have actually just moved back to the line. I've had, you know, because usually by that time you've got the pictures that you need to go forward and have stuff that's different than everybody else. I, I, I got to tell you, I am not, and I, I capitalize the not, a pack photojournalist, and I I hate being lumped in there with everybody else. But if if the fairness issue comes up, and it has before, then a lot of times in my situation, the chief or the uh, lieutenant on the scene or whoever will come over and say, hey, Joe, can you do us a favor? And say, you know, guys, got my stuff. Thank you very much. Yes, I will. And I'll move back to the tape or move back to the corral or wherever they have all of the other media outlets.
1: Yeah. And and that's a good work and procedure, Joe. I, I like that suggestion because, you know, once I am there and these battalion chiefs who know me, Uh, Well, in fact, Tracy, Tracy Pansini, I was at an accident uh, a couple years ago and they kept me back and Tracy said, no, he's part of us. Let him in here.
0: The Burbank fire chief.
1: Burbank fire chief, which we'll have on. And he uh, called me up to the scene in the police department said, well, it's a crime scene. And the chief said, well, he's one of us. He's part of us. So, you know, you got to use that fine line. And then they uh,
0: know, you know how to conduct yourself at at a scene like that. Yeah. I know what evidence
1: is. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) No right. you're
2: not contaminating their crime scene. We've, we, right. I have that on a regular basis. That's yeah. even a car wreck where they're going to do measurements of skid marks. Yeah, you know, he, they put he, up the yellow tape, and, and and that might be fifty yards on either side of a car wreck because they've got. Uh, I did one on New Year's Eve, 179 feet of skids. So they got to measure them. So you know, the yellow tape's going 179 feet beyond where the car impact point was. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a throw and a half at you know midnight trying to throw with a flash. We know that, and you know so. Uh, but they said, come in, just preserve the evidence. Yep. Not
0: a problem. And that's experience and knowledge that can make or break you as a, as an emergency services photographer and Absolutely. which, which may be good reason for other photographers out there, especially if you're just starting out, um, is to maybe take some courses on fire safety, on forensic, uh, evidence collection, things like that. doesn't make you an expert on it, but it will give you a, a knowledge base that'll help you be, um, Maybe a better photographer, but definitely a better emergency services photographer. I
1: think, you know, one of the lines, and I remember a traffic lieutenant out here, Rick Madrid, uh, preserved a scene and he let me walk around and we were marking evidence and there was a filament of a headlight. And they needed yep. to preserve that filament because that would tell if the bulb was the lights car. Was on yeah. or off. Yep. Exactly. And if you're a photographer and you're moving around a crime scene or, or a traffic accident and you kick that filament, it could bust it then. And uh, those are things that are real important to us.
0: Right. And I'm, I know, Ross, we've been at scenes shooting scenes together on the freeway with Highway Patrol um, and different agencies where you're walking around photographing the scene. But while you're moving from place to place, you're looking down. You're watching every step you're taking because you don't want to destroy any evidence like that, Absolutely. and that could. Yep. And if you do that, I mean, it could be the last scene that they let you shoot.
1: I think one of the major ones you and I remember a long time ago. We were walking over body parts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then, well, I, was, I wasn't going to go that far, but <laughs> yeah, you did have to but, watch but everywhere. But it's the you same thing. You, it is you, the same you, thing.
1: yeah, Joe. He said he just shot a train accident. You know, yeah. uh, and you even on the train wreck, you're looking for evidence. Evidence meaning. Anything that wasn't there before this accident, you know, and it could be a, a body part. It could be uh, somebody's eyeglasses. It could be a button off their shirt. I mean, it could be as minute as a quarter-inch, and you'll never see it. You know, you hardly see it at night, but those are things that we learn.
0: Always have that flashlight. Right. Go. Now, right. Joe, a couple more questions for you before we go on to our New Year's resolutions. Um, we all consider— Wait, can
2: I? Okay, I was, going inter- I, was going to, I was going to interrupt you for one second, sure. can I? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just wanted to say that, uh, and this could be another one of those discussion items, but um, you guys had mentioned, like, um, access rights and uh, talking to the police about access. I just want to add that when you're standing at the yellow tape and the police officer says no admittance, that's not the place to be arguing rights.
0: That drives you me know, nuts.
2: It, it, just, just accept what the officer has said because obviously he's doing it for a reason. And then the next day, call the chief, call right. the lieutenant, call the captain, whatever, and say, can we have a sit down and talk about this? I, I'll tell you this has happened to me before even even though I'm known in, in – the we cover 13 towns, so this little newspaper that I work for. I'm known in all 13 towns. But we've had – access problems a newly appointed sergeant or new recruit off the off out of the academy says nope 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 you can't do this you can't do that you can't do this when i know darn well that i can but you know what the next day is the time to be go down and sit down and say hey guys we need to have a little chat about you know the 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 rules and regulations of access and egress and what have you right don't follow it up pissing match because you're never going to win
0: never you're never going to win and i will say being having been on both sides of the tape even if they don't have a reason, just go Exa- with the flow. Yeah, exactly. There yep. normally there's another way in, you know. You you, you there are other right. ways of getting in. You know, you don't want to do anything to to violate any laws or anything. But if they're telling you you're not going in, you're not going in. And just like you said, Joe, there are other ways to go about following up on that and hopefully educate that new officer or that new supervisor for the next time. Yep, exactly. There'll always be exactly. more, right? And it'll continue. I've been doing this for
1: thirty five years, and I just shot two weeks ago out at a scene. And an officer, no pictures, stop shooting. You know, we don't want any photography here. And all of tw- uh, half an hour later, the watch commander showed up, who I've known for twenty years, will walked me through everything where this officer was, and this officer scratching his head, you know, going, "Well, I told you not to come in here, but now you're not going to tell me the same thing in front of your lieutenant, right? You know, so yeah, exactly. And now
0: he'll know for the future that you're probably okay to be in there, and you didn't ruin that relationship with that officer for future incidents, right? By by. Right. S- Going toe-to-toe there. Exactly,
1: Conversely, yeah.
2: Ross, uh, I had an incident on the highway a few years back here on our our uh, big highway, Route 128, as Craig would know it. But Route 95 is, is known in the rest of the world. Yeah, <laughs> um, We had a Jaws life accident, and I was uh, taking photographs. And one of the rookie state police troopers here in Massachusetts came up and said, told me to get lost. And I turned, and I was happened to be standing next to the lieutenant. And the lieutenant said, Trooper, um, you know, I know Joe, and he's not going anywhere. And the trooper said, yeah, but you don't want him here. We, we, we need to get rid of him. He, he's depressed. We don't want to... – and the lieutenant said, trooper, realize you're just out of the academy, but he's not going anywhere. He's not violating any laws. He's not violating anything. He has his state police-issued credential on his neck. He's not going anywhere. And the trooper continued. The trooper continued to argue with the lieutenant in front of me. Now, here they are using the jaws, cutting the guy out of a car, trying to save his life, and here's the trooper and the lieutenant arguing over me. Right. Well – I was allowed to stay because the lieutenant knew the law. The lieutenant knew that as long as I wasn't in the way and I was not in a dangerous place, then, you know, and, and we could do another whole show on just, you know, where you stand for these different events. But I was in a safe place taking pictures of them out of the way, you know. So some troopers, it, it's, it's, that's a weird line right there. It's kind of strange that a trooper would continue to argue with the lieutenant at the scene.
1: Right. Now, I'm just curious, Joe. Do you have for yeah. the accident that happens tomorrow, do you have your reflective vest? Oh, not as of yet.
0: Oh, now you got even, Joe in trouble. Don't even
1: go there. Sure,
0: give give him a reason to kick Joe out. <laughs> Just curious, curious Joe. Did, while they were arguing, were you getting your shots?
2: I was. It was a strange Good. accident. It was a. Um, uh, how do I how do I explain it? The gentleman who was it was a it was a panel truck or a minivan, whatever you want to call it. And the gentleman who was driving, he got pinned in such a way that the uh, his left hand and left leg were on the outside of the door, and he was, the rest of him was on the inside of the vehicle. So he was like against the A-frame pillar, or is that how you call it? The pillar of the the vehicle? You want to get that? So they were cutting him, I think my wife's going to, (laughs) but...
0: It um, so
2: they were cutting him out of the vehicle at that time. He was kind of, it's a, it's one of the, if I could ever go back and find the photos, those are in the old negative days. So they're in a box here somewhere. And that uh, was a very interesting uh, accident. I got more pictures than I'd ever needed because the lieutenant removed the trooper from
1: the scene is ultimately
2: what happened.
0: Really? Yes. Interesting. The trooper,
2: the yeah. put him on traffic. See, and know. again,
1: these experiences that we share, you're back there in Boston. I've had in my 35 years, I could tell you probably a dozen stories exactly like that out here on the West Coast. We share the same experiences. You know, it just. There it are isn't. some things
0: that are consistent coast to coast.
1: And I bet you a lot of our listeners can email us the same type of stories right. that we could share and learn from. Thank you, Joe, for sharing it, that with Absolutely.
0: Us. And again, those right. relationships you build. But we have friends out here, well, friends or acquaintances that have been ended up going to jail yep. because they've had the arguments at the scene, I've seen at them the crime scene tape. Yep. It's happened. Oh, well, did you get your shots? No. Now you have a criminal record. You know, save the battle, pick your battles, and just like you said, uh, follow it up the next day with supervision or what have you. We're
2: doing this to get the shot, right? Isn't that ultimately what we're trying to do is to get the shot? So if you don't end up with the
0: shot, what good is it? um,
1: Right. Magazine, be it, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that officer, you know, he wants to edit your pictures for you. He wants to tell you what you can shoot and what you can't. That's, That's my job. I'm the exactly. one looking through the viewfinder. Let me get my shot. The shots that are that are gross and and grisly, they're not going to appear in a paper. Yeah, in the past, some photographers have done that, and they've you know we've gotten complained about. But I think uh, us professionals, th- we don't do that.
0: And a lot of times, it's a matter of education, and there are other ways to do that. You're not going to educate the officer at the crime scene tape, so. Um
1: Correct.
2: But also people might not realize that maybe in in, in our instance, and this might not be for everybody, but in in our case, okay, there's another whole layer above me that's going to edit my photos before they make the newspaper. So my editors we're a family newspaper, as they call it. You know, there's not going to be blood and guts and gore from a car wreck or a house fire or whatever. That's not going to make my newspaper, even if I turned in, even if that's all I turned into the editor, not it's just not going to go. Right. Because the editor is going to say, oh, wait a minute, hold on, time out. And in my case, the editor is the owner of the newspaper. Right. So you know, maybe that's a little bit different. But I, I know the same is going to happen at the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald, the Associated Press, the whatever. You know, there's a whole other level. And I think some of these police officers don't realize that, that they don't realize that we're not going to turn that stuff in. It's just not going to happen.
1: Well, I think it's a, you got to build that trust between um, all officers. They have been burned. I know out here there's newspapers. And, you know, somebody shared with me recently an officer will read a, a story in a newspaper. Now, we're photographers. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're photographers. Our pictures show one thing. Then a reporter will come and slam an officer or do something in the article and make that officer look like a jerk or whatever. And officers think they put it all together. They don't realize there's a reporter writing the article. You're a photographer. You have nothing to do with the writing or what that writer wrote. Right, but writes. they remember you. They remember you. Exactly. You know
2: where that comes from. It's because we're the first on the scene where right. we are the face of the publication.
0: And, and the f- same goes with that trust you build with the firefighters out there is they need to know that if they're not wearing the right gloves, they're not wearing their goggles on the K-12 or something um, that you're not going to let those pictures out. You might take the pictures, but they need to know you're not going to let them go out with, without first editing, editing them yourself. And making sure they have all their safety gear on. I mean, 20 years ago when I was uh, in Andover, Massachusetts, when I first started shooting and doing spot news, there was a great, you know, there were a, a terrific uh, traffic collision in the snow uh, one winter. And I was taking some pictures and they, one got published of one of the police officers who I had worked with at a supermarket a couple of years before. Um, and he got in trouble because he because of that picture, because he wasn't wearing his hat. He was out of his car, and back east, I don't know if it's still the case, hats were big. When you were out of the car, you had to wear your hat.
2: Oh, and, they still are.
0: <laughs> and, he, and he got in trouble for that, and I heard it from him. So that was where my first lesson, is to make sure they're wearing the proper equipment and all that. If they're not, then it doesn't get published, because that's the we- other half of it.
2: We laugh about that now. It seems um, the chief in the past has called me, not yelled at the officer for not wearing the hat, but yelled at me for not for publishing the photo. So we kind of laugh about that these days, and we go to accidents and go to whatever. And I've told the guys, look at guys, if you're doing CPR on somebody, or you got somebody at gunpoint, or you 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 know you're rescuing somebody over the ladder and your helmet falls off, but it's a great photo. Well, sorry, dudes, it's going in the paper. Yeah but if you, it's you know one of those things where you're writing the traffic ticket cuz we're doing a feature photo on, on on you know the radar trap well you know what just let's make sure that you've got everything on right so that we all look good we look professional it's one of our little secrets i guess i shouldn't give that one away it's a team but i'll tell you i will tell you this as an ex, as an expansion of that i guess i do that with our local cable tv people with our local electric people and our local Um, telephone company. I'll go up to the supervisor at the scene if there's a pole down or something or they're working up in the bucket trucks and I'll say, hey, chief, do they have everything correctly on, be it, you know, long rubber gloves and face shield and helmet? Everything they're supposed to have, yeah. Everything they're supposed to have so that I can get pictures without, A, the next time, listen to them calling me every name in the book and B getting a call from your supervisor saying, why the heck did you photograph that guy up in the bucket truck, you know, <laughs> right. with nothing on do your homework. So it's, uh, I, I, You know, I, I yell at them and say, guys, come on, put your equipment on, you know, right. the rules. Let's, let's not, let's make this easy. Now, Joe, and, and for most people, they do.
0: Now, Joe, as uh, you know, you, you're working for a, uh, a family owned paper and papers, the newspaper industry is really changing. And we've noticed a trend out here where photo editors and newspaper editors uh, as far as what photos they run, they choose to run in the papers, the trend has gone from the editor choosing the best photo to run in the paper to the cheapest or easiest photo to run in the paper. And I'm curious to see if it happen- if it's happening uh, back east as well because like the recent Universal uh, Studios fire I was at, I've, I've told the story, but I was on the fire ground for four hours. I had fire ground shots from that, and I called a local uh, large metropolitan paper. And they said, oh, no, we're getting a lot of good user-submitted or reader-submitted photos, so we're going to run one of those. And the one they ended up running was a cell phone picture from about five miles away of the, the header showing from Universal Studios. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here with hundreds of shots on the fireground, of firefighters in action. And obviously that was a case where they chose the easiest or the free or the cheapest photo to run, not the best, maybe the best photo. Are you seeing that trend back there also? Uh, the only
2: word I can use for that is it's a tidal wave right now. That's absolutely affecting everybody in the business. The advent of digital photography and cell phones, everybody's a photographer. It's everybody's killing, got a camera uh, now. Yeah. Everybody's got a camera now. And um, I'll tell you where it's, where, where it's hurting me the most is not so much in the spot news arena, but in the arena arena, sports. Uh, we don't cover every single sport for all 13 towns that we cover But but what will happen is, uh, you know, somebody will go to that little high school that we cover on a kind of sparingly cover and they'll go to the track meet and they'll get a half decent photo of the kids running track and they'll submit it. And the next day, instead of me going out and being assigned to go get a hockey photo, the sports editor say, hey, you know what? We don't have a story on this, but that's a nice little feature photo for the kid running track and look at that one. And our parents submitted it. So, Joe, sorry, you don't get an assignment today but because we've got that photo available to us. Right. So instead of me getting paid to go out and do the assignment they get the freebie from the parents.
0: Absolutely. And Ross and I, we both shoot some local uh, high school sports and football and, and events like that. And when you're on the sidelines of these games now, you're elbow-to-elbow elbow with parents with SLRs, digital SLRs. Football games. 70 sports. to 200 lenses and monopods. And- Last year, I covered the
1: Tournament of Roses. I had credentials for the number two stand. And I'm up there with my three hundred two eight to shoot way up the street, something. And the person next to me is leaning out with their point-and-shoot and I'm arguing with the tournament people. Why are you letting and they said, Ah, what do you mean? They have the same rights you do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. No, it can be
2: it can be crazy. Uh where I luck out is I have a fairly successful website and people are now calling me and asking me to go cover a little Jimmy, Little Johnny and put it on the website so they can get it themselves. Oh, good. Because there, there has been a little bit of a change with people realizing that the quality of photo that I produce with my Nikon 300 2.8 um, is a little bit better than what they're getting from, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry on the sidelines with their point and shoot.
0: For those that so. still appreciate the quality image versus the, the exactly. cheap or the free one. They'll always complain exactly. about the price you're selling them at, but... Some will still appreciate that value and 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 pay for the photos, uh, but that's actually next week. We're going to talk a lot about that, and that's monetizing yes. your photography and marketing. But we're we first show of two thousand nine. We've got to get to it. We've got to get our photo resolutions. Resolutions. In. And Joe, did you bring some with you too? You mean
2: resolution like that high resolution that I shoot in JPEG high <laughs> resolution? Is that what we're talking about?
0: Oh. On that other camera. On that other camera? Yeah. No, these are going to be our goals, our resolutions, yes. the things we want to get out of our photography in the, the coming year, in 2009. That's I'm sure that, yes. he
1: clarified that because mine was lose 100 pounds. but
0: So you can get rid of all your old Nikons? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bada bum bum. Tip the waitresses. Order the veal. Thank you. Uh, no, but I've I've got some I've noted. Ross has some. Joe, you got some. I've got uh some lists from uh some listeners out there. We've put it out on the forum um a few days ago and we got some responses. We got some good responses, Craig. You know, I looked at that. Um
1: I think uh, Rick uh, had sent us some and uh, you know it's funny, we do have a common thread o- amongst most
0: of us. Yeah, actually, in looking at these lists, a lot of them are – we do have a lot of duplicates, but we're going to kind of do around the table here. Uh, we've you know, we got uh, about 15 minutes left in the show, so we're going to try and get through as many as we can. Um, but we got some Rick Knoll, who you all know out there, and Joe, you know him. You see him a heck of a lot more than I do. Indeed. And we've got some uh, from li- some other listeners. Ross, you're raising your hand? <laughs> you, you have to go to the I bathroom? Or? No, no. How about the number one? And And you know me pretty well. How about – Get organized. Hey, that's on my list too. <laughs> oh, shucks. sorry. No, but you you have a lot of uh, slides that you're trying to get organized. Things you want to get uh, scanned and uh, digitally. So you have I do. thirty I, years I, worth of archives. Thirty five years. I
1: have over a million black and white negs and slides that uh, are in that stage. Negatives and slides. You know, And to put them into a machine one at a time, which I'm not doing, I've decided. And uh, you've helped me and uh, some other great photographers. If I have an incident, just take one or two of my best shots from an incident. I don't need to scan every negative.
0: Well, that's part of my – exactly. You scan the keepers. You scan the keepers. And that's what I'm trying to do in organizing my digital archives is not to have everything archived. If I have shots that are out of focus, poorly composed, that I know I'm never going to get any use out of, I'm actually going through and deleting some of the older ones that fall into that category. Part of my organization that I want to get done is my archiving, my file naming, my keywording. So it's kind of a mishmash right now as I fall into different techniques of naming files, things like that. But what I've definitely – first thing I got away from in naming my files – is keeping the default camera names like i m g underscore one two three four because <laughs> well, then you end up with duplicates from duplicates sure. from different incidents it doesn't tell you anything about what the picture's about or the or what incident it's from i don't know if it's sports related wildlife fire, anything like that, so I want to get uh, my keywording and file naming down pat so with that that moved that up because that was about fifth on my list, and what
1: I've done is uh, learned to better edit. And you, uh, the other day, you and I talked about that at yeah. dinner. Um, you know, and boy, I'm—it's really tough for me to throw away an image. You know, somebody might want something in the background, and, and that's in my head. But you know what? Looking through the last couple of days, I've said since we went to dinner on New Year's, you and I went to dinners, and yesterday when I was editing, I'm going through and I'm going, nobody will ever want that. Goodbye. And I'm going, I hit uh, congratulations the delete button. Wow. I mean, I was hey, amazed, but you, after our conversation, you're right, Joe. How about hey, you,
2: Ross? I got to. Well, you know what? You you guys bring up this 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 topic, but to me, and maybe that's just because I'm busy. I don't know, and I don't mean that as a diss to you guys, but um, I don't see a reason to scan all my old stuff in. I don't have a call for it. Um, I switched to digital in November of 1999 with little Nikon Coolpix uh, 990 camera. And I've not gotten, except for one, call for anything previous to that. Uh, not recently, anyway. So would you scan them so on an as-needed basis? Yeah, you know what? I spent a lot of time. I, I was never in the military, but I did a ton of military trips. I've been on submarines, and I've landed on aircraft carriers. And I've got all that stuff on negatives, And I, but I've got a lot of that segregated. So that stuff I have been scanning in because I, friends and neighbors have been requesting it. But there's no sales value to me, in sitting in front of the computer or even paying someone else to do it, to scan a lot of that stuff in. So, Ross, I guess that would be my question to you: Is are you finding that people are that, that you're? And and I know, I know that the world doesn't come down. At least my world doesn't come down always to dollars and cents. But to me, there's got to be at least a little bit of incentive to sit in front of the computer and do a lot of that.
1: Well, it's funny because in the past, my negs were you know pretty well scattered. I, I put them in envelopes and did them. Put them in a film box and and would just do it that way. And what I'm finding shooting 35 years of Burbank fire department's history. um, I have, I go to the retirees breakfast and the guys are asking, Hey, we would love to see old pictures. So that's why I'm going through now. Of guys that are chiefs now, I have them in their rookie classes thirty years ago, and they are now looking back at those pictures. So that's why I'm I'm not scanning everything. Uh, this week we have a city manager retiring, been with the thir- city thirty eight years. I've gone through and I found some pictures of her twenty five years ago that are just hilarious. So I'm not going through each shot and scanning, but. Every so on i 'm trying to find stuff from decades before, <laughs>
2: right, but at least you've got you 've got a reason to do it right that 's part of it that, yeah. I think that 's part of my own thing, like i say i've only had one request for, for 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 some fire photos, and that was on Halloween years ago. It was a five alarm fire, and believe it or not, there's still, the still lawsuit has not been settled on it, so they're looking for these photos to assist them. Oh, in wow. settling this lawsuit, which I find to be just amazing that from 21 years ago that they still haven't settled this. well no. see so- back here.
1: You know, I, I do find some old, old shots that uh, are current stories. You're right.
0: What's on your list, right. Joe? You have a resolution you want to share? Uh,
1: m-
2: yeah, I guess my number one resolution is to, is, is multifaceted, but basically is to um, revitalize the vision and the reason that I got into photography. And I think that's every year I say that because as a freelancer and also being busy, I get caught up in the business of photography and, and, and you tend to lose the, you know, the artistic or the inspiration. You know, why do we do this? Why? why? <laughs> and that's you know?
0: interesting because I've heard from many a photographer out there that do it for a living is that once you decide to change from a hobby – To making photography a business, you actually spend more like 80% of your time at that point doing business, doing sales, and a small percentage is now actually out there taking pictures.
2: Yeah, that could very well be, you know. Um, I do a lot of, you know, I upload everything to my website and I don't edit the photos before they get uploaded. So if they're a tad dark, a little bit underexposed or a little bit overexposed, I just put the disclaimer on the website that, you know, if you order a copy of this picture, then I'll fix it then.
0: Uh Ah, there you go. I I,
2: I don't get paid to sit in front of the computer. I get paid to go out and shoot the events.
0: That's a great way to look at it.
2: So I, you know, and again, that's going to be for the I know that's for our next show, but, um, that's just as a sideline. Um, my, the other facet of my, um, Thing, and I think you had it on yours. The other facet of my resolutions was about this whole raw images. I don't shoot raw because they take so much time to process right. through. As you know, as a newspaper guy, they want everything yesterday. If I if I catch a, a bad car wreck or a fatality or whatever, and I call my contacts and I say, I have this available, they say… Can
0: we get it in five minutes? <laughs> right no, I'm, so, see, part of mine is to, to use it more is to to teach myself the patience to deal with raw the raw format more in my wildlife and nature photography than uh, than the fire the journalism stuff because there is a speed issue there. But I want to start doing more landscape and wildlife photography using raw, but actually take the time to sit down and process them as right. as they should be. That's definitely part of mine. Um we have listener uh Joel Neald, I believe it is. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right um He shares one with me, and maybe you guys. He wants to build more confidence with portraiture with posing uh people with portraiture portrait lighting um and, and that's one of mine as well is because I usually shy away from portrait photography, even the stuff at at academy graduations, things like that, because i'm just i n- I've never built the confidence to pose somebody to light a shot with uh, with, uh, with additional lighting and and do that portrait. My saying has always been, if it's blowing up on fire, shooting at me or running past me, I'll get the shot. If you put an apple on a table in front of me, I'll screw it up every time. And I don't I know if you could, guys share yeah, – uh, do a lot of portraiture. Joe, do you do uh, much portraiture in, in your newspaper work or your, even your uh, commercial stuff? N- not,
2: so much in, not so much in the uh, newspaper work. I do do um, – we have the sports stars of the year that we do. And what I do is I set up a little mini studio at the newspaper office. But I am also affiliated with a studio in Manchester, New Hampshire – And we take a lot of – or I take a lot of classes there, and I also teach some stuff there. But um, one of the the owners of the studio, his big thing is portraits, and he teaches – he has taught us um, one light, two light, three light, and four light portraiture. And I've actually done okay with that. So – well, I was more interested in Joel's list. I thought the number one, uh, I know you guys have that in front of you, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, that Project 365 was more intriguing.
0: It is. What he writes is he's got a, a project he started called Project 365. What he's going to do, um, he as he writes here, he's spent the last two years studying for his paramedic certificate. And now he's going to try and devote more time to shooting um, a, a photo every day. So, every day of the year, he's going to take a picture. That's his project 365. And, and we've dabbled in that before. I think it's a great project to get into. And it really, you know, take a picture a day. And if you. I, are-
2: I think for newer photographers,
0: that can
2: really be uh, a godsend. That is the way you're going to learn your equipment. And, and my. Um, my that when I teach classes to these to people, anybody. The first thing I do tell people is that you need to develop some confidence in your own ability and in your equipment. So, learn your equipment. Don't wait till you're on the fire ground to, to realize that all of that uh, scotch light is killing you when you're flashing. Learn that ahead of time. Don't wait and realize that, you know, oh, geez, I could have cranked the ISO up to 800 or 1000 and still gotten decent quality photos. You know, try and play with that
1: beforehand and have confidence.
0: Yeah, you know and that's at the top of my list is shoot more with available light.
1: And I think the common thread on all our lists um, one of the other points is upgrading our equipment. Um either for me a 20D, Barling your 20D. I think that was Ted's or Rick's uh
0: Yeah, Rick wants to upgrade to uh, from the 20D to either a 40D or the 5D. He wants yeah, to upgrade his thing. camera.
1: Yep, same thing with me uh lenses and so forth. So I think that was on Everybody's list. Yeah. Well, Joe, you had mentioned well, you're looking at the D90. Not on my list. It, it's not on my list because my camera,
2: my camera, the things that I like, they start with the letter D, not end with the letter D. So I don't understand what those are.
0: <laughs> well, you did mention the D90 that you uh, were researching, looking at, getting for the video. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Aspect. But
2: but again, as as and I think this is the same with all of us. That's an ongoing thing. I think we're always looking at the newer lenses and and yeah. and that. Can revitalize you. I find a new piece of equipment, even if it's just a, uh, you know, the, the, the Jobo Gorilla Pod. I got one of those the other day for Christmas. You know what I mean? It was like, wow, all oh, the different yeah. things I can do
0: with this well, thing. Well, we're now. all gadget guys. We're all we're gadget all, yeah, heads. Exactly.
2: We're all gadget. Maybe yeah. that's exactly what part of it, too. But I, I find that you got, every now and again, you've got to revitalize that the vision and the photography aspect of,
0: of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Everybody needs a new toy now and then. Well, and with yeah. that in line, a lot
1: of like software, Photoshop versus lightwear. Okay. Lightroom and, Lightroom. and Bridge, yeah. Yeah. learn and new programs. Exactly. Right. And that's one of mine on here is uh I think that's you know, on all of these as a We've been fact. talking the last couple of weeks and quite a few of these other people said uh Lightworks or Lightroom was it? And uh that's one that I want to dabble Lightroom, in. Lightroom,
0: yeah. That's an Adobe uh product, but a great one. And our you know, a friend Tim Tonge uses that almost strictly uh for his uh, most of his workflow. And that's something I want to get more comfortable with. Um, in Photoshop also, you know, working with the raw images, I want to get more comfortable with, with those, uh, bits of software you know, as well. I'm not
1: one to take classes, go to a night school and sit there. I, I just have too much going on. But I have learned Scott Kelby, who teaches these, you can go online to Scott Kelby Training and you could pay for it and learn it at your computer. You can call them 24 hours a day and you could take your time on learning. And I think that's one of the ways I'm going to do it is with Scott Kelby. And we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, and- that's
2: well worthwhile. I've heard some great stuff about his Photoshop teaching. So if you're not, like I use Photoshop every day, so I'm pretty well self-taught but if you need that extra bit he's well worth it i what is it um it's like 99 dollars a year, napp is that what it is yep. and, uh, well, association he's of the president of that and something. then he also yeah. does training right and yeah i've heard nothing but good stuff about that
0: you know and what's also on a lot of these lists is uh, and it's something i share is to get off my butt and get to more incidents you know, because some are in the middle of the night and it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's three blocks away. If it was two blocks away, I might go or it's going to be nothing. Or You're basically rationalizing and talking yourself out of going to things. Well, well I, I That's think, not what I, we do. We go to incidents.
1: I think that right. and that is on my list of get more pictures published. And how do you get more pic- pictures published? You go to more incidents. And taking more pictures. Exactly. So that that is one. Uh, and I'm not meaning uh, more pictures published locally. I mean... Your fire rescue magazine, firehouse magazine, gems—all of these magazines. I know you uh, have a pretty long list, and I guess we'll talk about that maybe next week. Sure, on getting more stuff published.
0: Yep, and the, you know that's on here, um, lighting. I know I want to shoot, start shooting more video, more wildfires and brush fires because I think it just brings a whole other aspect to the to the viewer um, to see wildfires in motion and how they change. The photos say a thousand words. But I think video is also a great addition, which is something I tried this year at a couple of fires and 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 worked out pretty well. So that's something I want to start start doing. I also want to uh, work on the website some more, and and my blog. I have two <laughs> blogs, a personal one and one for the the, the 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 netcast here. And I want to get more regular at posting on it, have meaningful posts on it. You know, we run we're running some polls on the fireground action uh, blog right now, and that's also one of Rick's. Rick Knoll wants to to work on his – improve his website and start a blog of his own. Um, Now, Joe, you said you have a fairly popular website. Do you run a blog or anything like that or is it a – more a photo sales?
2: Nope, I have all that stuff. I have – my website, however, does not have any galleries on it currently. That's my – one of my other – things for this year is to come up with the gallery because I do shoot a couple of weddings here and there and a bar mitzvah here and there, and I do some event work. So I want to add, uh, again, and my thought is is that this is going to help me with uh, sales. And, and maybe I'm looking at it a little bit differently than everybody else because I am a freelancer and always looking to try and uh, promote myself, which is another resolution, is to increase my marketing and promotion. But uh, it, it's just... You know, the website is always something that's going to change and evolve, and um, I think that's on all of our lists because it is something that you want to keep as fresh as you can, and if, by going to more events, you're going to have more things to put on you website right and and ta- um, as far
0: as your photography we all want to improve our photography expand our horizons right. and shoot expand, other yep. things so when you go to that fire scene look for something you haven't looked for before you know we can all get the action shots but i like to shoot at night right. fires i like to shoot silhouettes and and ross shoots water squirting out of fire hydrants now and you know i look for the more <laughs> abstract stuff you know I'll, I'll document the scene but then i'll right. walk around and look for the more abstract stuff and that yeah. to me is far more creative Um, And and I think we all want to do that. We all want to find more things.
1: I think what we learned the other day, you and I went to a fire in Glendale, California just last week. And I think what we can do is better our craft. You know, as the fire goes on, they're bringing out newer equipment. We saw this new Air Utility 28 from Glendale. They put up a light. It was daylight out there. We could change our settings to 1600, take the strobe off, put it in our pocket, and shoot available light. And it looks great. And if I think as technology changes, we can do that. And with the help of the fire department, it's making it you know, a lot and better. Try and
0: try new things. You know, Joel Neeld here added that he wanted to, to improve his architectural photography. And I want to do more wildlife and, and scenic stuff, landscapes. Uh, I want to, you know, I don't just do, you know, emergency services photography. There's all kinds of stuff in this world to shoot. So think outside the box. Take those blinders off. Walking down the street, have your little pocket camera and take a shot. Take an interesting shot of something. I was in, you know, back east uh, last week for Christmas, and walking around Wolfboro, New Hampshire, where my family owns a, a home. Wolfborough, New Hampshire, the original resort town. And, uh, like you know, woven? there was icicles hanging, and, and you know, the, the river going through, and I was just taking these little abstract shots with my, my pocket camera, and it's just kind of Opening your horizons is use your eye and find find other things to get out there,
1: well, I think you're right, and I highly suggest to everybody you know these point and shoots are now what a couple hundred dollars there six seven nine megapixel. you can wear them on your side. you can always have your camera. you don't have to lug your you know five d mark II around your shoulder all the time. Take that little camera and you're right, especially firemen or any emergency service, sitting and talking to somebody at a mall. Or while they go marketing, they're usually out at the rig helping a little kid out. Those are great
0: shots. Yeah. Now, for the rest of our resolutions, um, you're going to have to go to the website, firegroundaction.com. We're going to post all of our lists up there, and you can uh, submit your own to our forum. Um, and by going to firegroundaction.com, click on the podcast link, and that will take you to everything Fireground Action Photography has to offer you. We have the forum, which uh, we use to post uh, different questions and and uh, we put polls up there we have users it's a it's free to sign up you can ask questions you can submit show topics um joe's on there ross is on there i'm on there we also have the uh the blog right now we have a poll running up there to see if anybody would be interested and in if we uh, produced some uh, fireground photo t-shirts to wear out there on the fireground
1: i i, I did yesterday i have a new computer by the way the old computer died, and I thought I told you that uh, we I couldn't do a lot of work, but I was able to go up on the forum yesterday and I voted.
0: Excellent, excellent. We also have a Flickr group, which is great. We have uh, about a hundred pictures in there now, all listeners submitted. Some amazing shots, Some Craig. Beautiful photography. Um, you can get to all of these through firegroundaction.com. Now we want you to sign up for that free Flickr account. Get join the the group, the Fireground Action Group. And, uh, and submit your pictures. You don't all, just have to put your best stuff up there. If you're having issues, if you're learning new technique or having a problem with your camera, and it's resulting in a unique photograph, put that photo up there and ask the question, hey, what's happening here? How, maybe what, I'm, what am I doing wrong? How can I correct this? How can I make this a better picture? So you don't just have to put your best stuff up there, but it starts a whole discussion. Uh, what a great way to learn, but from looking at other photographers' images and ask questions, critique them. Uh, Joe, where can people find your work on the Internet? What's your website?
2: Uh, my website is com. That's photos with an S.
0: And you are on the Twitter as well?
2: Brown, fo- yep, twitter.com slash brownphoto. My emergency services work, though, you'll find on um, uh, net, which is Eddie
0: Burke's uh, website. Okay. Uh, that, I, I post a lot of my stuff to there. And we're going to c- try and get Ed on uh, the show at some point, too. And, Ross? Uh, you can find me at
1: firepictures.com. Uh, I'll be reworking that this week now that I have a machine that I can do that. And I'm also on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me. It's Twitter slash firepictures.
0: And you can follow me. My website is craigderling.com. That takes you, that's my online headquarters. takes you every, everywhere I am on the Internet. And follow me up on the Twitter, twitter.com slash craigderling. The podcast is also on the Internet. Obviously, we've told you the, uh, the website is firegroundaction.com. Uh, click on the podcast link, and that will take you to uh, the show notes. Uh, so all the websites we, and URLs and emails and everything we mention on the show, we'll put them in the show notes for you so you don't have to worry about writing them down while driving down the street listening to the show. <laughs> Just go to that website. We'll have everything, all the links up there for you. Um, and you can also follow the podcast on Twitter, twitter.com slash firephotos.
1: And share, share the uh, fireground action photography Website with your friends and other photographers. Craig and I were at a fire last week. We must have had a half a dozen firemen come up and ask us different pictures, camera questions. questions. Yep. You know, and we all said, hey, you know what? Why don't you guys check in here? There's a whole mess of photographers that will be glad to answer your questions. So talk it up
0: amongst your uh, other uh, buddies. Yeah, let them know the show's out there. You know, I've had emails from other photographers that don't even do fire photography, and they appreciate the show because we do talk about photography. It all comes down to technique and taking those pictures. Doesn't matter what you're taking. Taking the picture of, but uh, Joe, we certainly appreciate you being here. We look forward to talking to you next week too. You're coming back, still coming back, right? We haven't, uh, I'm still coming back. Joe, it
1: was a great pleasure meeting you. I know uh, we haven't met personally, but uh, this uh, technology called uh, Skype is amazing. It feels like you've been in the studio out here. I think the temperature's gotten up to about 80 now. 75.4. 75.4. Let me 4.
2: just look. We're down to 33. So. Okay.
0: Thanks, Bill. <laughs> and I think Joe and the whole East Coast crew are going to be coming out here next brush season. Oh, good. After oh, Detroit. Absolutely. They're going to go to Detroit and then come the rest of the way for the, get the brush fires in Southern California.
1: Well, you know, Craig, again, thank you very much for uh, putting uh, this Fire Ground Action Photography podcast together because it's getting me to know Joe Brown, Rick Knoll, Ted Pendergrass, um, you know, the people that are writing us next week, we're going to share a new email or so forth. And we're a big community. There are a lot of photographers that are doing the same thing you and I do. And it's just amazing. The things that uh, Joe shared with us today, working at a drugstore, been there, done that, you
0: know? Yeah. It's a small world. It is. It's a small world. It's amazing. It's getting smaller every, every day. Well, Folks, Joe, again, thank you, and that's it for this episode, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Be safe out on those fire lines, and we will see you next time on Fireground Action Photography.